You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Larson. Find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks. Also, the show handle at Lockdown Brewers and Facebook.com, Lockdown Brewers as well. Well, I hope you enjoyed the off day yesterday because we get to it now. 11 games in 10 days to finish out the season, and the Brewers are right in it after a uh, Cardinal loss and a red off day last night. We are now uh, in the stretch. The Brewers a game back of second place in the National League Central. And uh, the Cardinals right in there as well. Uh, they, they have uh, the third place position. And the Brewers are a half game back of them. And so that's where we're at. Probably what we're looking at uh, in, in this sense, certainly three teams competing for second place in the Central and automatic playoff bid, but probably three teams competing for two playoff spots and one team will be left out. That's what the likely scenario here in the uh, National League Central. Anything can happen. All three teams could make it, but that's where we're looking. Uh, and it's a game separating everybody, and the Brewers play the Cardinals and the Reds next week as part of this 11-game finish, five against the Cardinals, a huge amount of games, and three against the Reds. So you don't have to dominate those teams, but you do have to probably win both series. If you do, and you take care of business this weekend, you're probably in the playoffs. So that's what the head of, that's what's ahead of the Brewers. They don't have to win like ten games here. They have to win, I don't know, six, six of eleven, something like that. Uh, that could get the job done. Maybe seven. I mean, they're going to have to play winning baseball for sure. But that's where they're at uh, coming into it. So we'll talk about that uh, coming up in a little bit and preview the series against the Kansas City Royals, uh, which is, you know, against a team that's down and lower in the standings in the American League, but nonetheless, extremely important games for the Brewers, and they have to take care of business as much as they can here at Miller Park uh, this weekend. Final home games of the year for the Brewers. Not that that makes a huge difference but in this given scenario, but here we are. So uh, it's it's exciting. It's beginning. It's here, and we'll we'll check out some baseball all weekend long. It's going to be fun. Hopefully, a fun ride. Uh, and that's you know all the troubles and all the offensive woes and all the consternation, which is legit and real because it's been a tough season offensively for the Brewers for sure. And they're not a you know they're still below 500 team. They've been below 500 for a while. So I'm not blind to all that stuff. But yet, you know, in this expanded format where you know that anything can possibly happen in the playoffs, this could be fun. And it's not like, you know, if the Brewers do get hot and go on a really good stretch here, they could actually get a pretty decent playoff seating. If they can finish at 500, you know, and that's a big if, they'd have to really have a great final 11 games. But if they could uh, and, and get to that mark, you know, it, they probably are, what, the sixth seed, seventh seed, something like that. Uh, they'll be up in the seedings just a little bit and get a decent playoff matchup probably against the Cubs <laughs> but that would be exciting you know not fun if you lose but exciting really fun if you win think about it uh so we'll we'll talk about that of course 
uh, in the coming shows next week and, and enjoy the ride here. But up next, we're going to talk with Adam Rigg of the Brewer Nation. Uh, Adam Rigg has been a, a huge Brewer booster follower uh, and, and just, you know, great spokesperson for the team uh, for a long time. And he's got a huge following on Twitter, and it's always fun to have him on the show to get his perspective on things. This will be the first time this season we've had him on, so looking forward to that. And we will uh, we'll talk with Adam Rigg, our interview. I had a chance to catch up with him yesterday on the off day. So we'll talk about all the issues surrounding the Brewers this year and get his perspective. So enjoy that. It's next. You're locked on Brewers. All right, talking about erectile dysfunction. Not easy, so I'm just going to do it. Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash MLB. That's roman.com slash MLB and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. So, again, get to roman.com slash MLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash MLB. Getroman.com slash MLB. Adam Rigg, also known as the Big Rig, uh, you hear him on uh, sometimes on the radio after the game on 1250 AM and 1057 FM in Milwaukee. And uh, it's always good to hear him then on with Tim Allen, the uh, franchise, I believe they call him. And the big rig, line nicknames going around here. Uh, Adam, how you doing? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this, okay? Uh, I want your chips in or out here. We have ten days left in the season, eleven games left for the Brewers, eleven games in ten days. They're a game back right now. Will this team make the playoffs? Why not? Like, I'm all for hope. I'm all for rooting. I'm all for uh, hoping for the best. And you know, if we fall short, then I'm ready to deal with the disappointment. So, yeah, I think the Brewers have a good shot at it. They've been playing better. Uh, they're still inconsistent. Obviously, you don't want yeah. total boom or bust in the run column. You'd like a little bit more, you know, spread out that six-run average that they've had lately uh, in the more <laughs> yeah. than, like, two big games. But if they can find some of that, um, then I don't see any reason that they can't make up this game. As Ryan Braun himself said uh, after the game on Wednesday, they've been in a worse position with less to go and and handled it before. So uh, I think this team has what it takes. The pitching has continued to be mostly dynamite. Uh, So if the offense can pick up their slack like they've been doing more lately, especially when you've got the teams on your schedule that are still in front of you. So that's the most important part that the Brewers have a chance at. That really is the beauty of it when you're playing all these teams in your division and, of course, the Cardinals and and Reds uh, still on the schedule and a chance to make big impact there in the final eight games of the year after this weekend series against Kansas City. By the way, find uh, Adam Riggs' work, as always, at Brewer Nation, at Brewer Nation on Twitter. And always a lot of fun, interesting tweets, and uh, you know both both uh, good analytical tweets, but also good uh, fan tweets, which I appreciate. And one of those fan tweets, or several of them, probably as I'm looking back in your timeline uh, from last night, we're talking on the off day here, Adam. But last night was Ryan Braun hitting home run number 350, and you know, 
uh, I, I just I wonder where you know we'll be at where we're at now and where we'll be at uh, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years from now with Ryan Braun as as memories are concerned. I mean, I'm I just uh, I just really appreciate what he brings to the table. And is it Hall of Fame type stuff? Probably not. Uh, but just his Septembers are usually really, really good. He's having a really, really good September again this year. And 350 is a nice, round, big home run number, isn't it? It really is. Uh, he's he's persevered through injuries, uh, through, yes, the, the suspension, uh, while he was also injured. <laughs> that, <laughs> people people tend to forget that, that suspension he accepted was coinciding with the initial stages of that thumb nerve injury. So that probably would have been mostly a lost season anyway, in my opinion, but he's overcome a lot of missed time. uh, And even year to year when he's quote unquote healthy, he's missing a game here, game there. Uh, And now as he's gotten older, the occasional uh, disabled list stint uh, comes a little bit more often until they decided to kind of manage him a little bit better physically. Uh, So to be able to put up those numbers, he's, I want to say, just over 40 hits shy of 2,000 right now. So hopefully he comes back for the one more season that he's been talking about, not being sure what he's going to do. I'd like to have him have one more season with some fans in the stadium, yeah. get a proper send-off for who really has been the face of the franchise for so long. And, and yeah, he, not Hall of Fame numbers. He's never going to sniff Cooperstown. Uh, but if he's not on the Brewers' walk of fame, oh, yeah. and I, I know there's a wall of honor and there's the, all the things that they do for them, but if he's not on the the walk of fame, which is very hard to get into for some reason, uh, but I'll be surprised if he doesn't end up there. So yeah. that I think they're going to retire his number. He's always had a good relationship with Mark Atanasio, Brewers owner, of course. So I'd like to see that happen for him as well, because he's really been the cornerstone of the franchise for over a decade. And guys like that deserve to be remembered. Yeah, they're not going to build a statue for him. It won't go that far. But I agree with everything you said. I think what they should do, though, is have some sort of display uh, where he's flipping a bat, because that uh, I think would be a great tribute to Ryan Braun. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun, or uh, or causing catcher's interference, which he seems to do at an astronomical <laughs> rate. You know, which is great because he got a big bat and it hits the catcher's glove, and uh, and that was fun the other night. <laughs> it is a gigantic bat. He is. Oh. I I asked uh, the other day one of the beat writers who's you know around the team this year, and I, well, I'm not, but. I'd asked the other day if they were like, hey, can you check what uh, size bat Braun is still using? Because it came up uh, on Jackie Robinson Day and talking about the size bat he used to use. Oh. And I was uh, I was kind of told, hey, it's kind of an odd question right now when we're not, you know, around the players physically. I was like, that's fine. Ask him in spring training for all I care. But, if, you know, I'm curious because it doesn't look like that sucker's gotten any smaller. And he's always no. used a super long bat uh, and – it makes it work for him. No, it does. And you can always tell if you're watching from like across the room, like I am a lot of times making dinner or something, I know who's at bat. When it's right in front, you know, you, know, you just see the, the stick coming out of there. It's huge. Scratch uh, the ceiling. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, speaking of, you know, the playoffs and, and what we were talking about, I mean, I'm on record and plenty of times through this season on the, on the podcast here saying that I will be very, very disappointed given the expanded playoff format, if they don't make the playoffs. You know, and again, not to be super negative here, they definitely have a chance. I think it's going to be a fun ride here the last, uh, you know, 11 games, particularly if the Brewer offense can start to, to you know, get a little more consistent here. Uh, but if they don't, uh, you know, Adam, are you are you in the category of being, you know, really disappointed because, you know, more than half the league makes it and the Brewers wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to get the job done? Yeah, I mean, there will be a... a, a definitely a sentiment of disappointment at the same time 
was as bad as the offense has looked this year. I've long since prepared myself for them not to make the playoffs. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll be I'll be ready for it, and I'll be looking forward to the draft boards and you know looking for you know upper half of the first round to kind of get excited there uh, to see what happens. But no, yes, if it would be great to make the postseason for the, the third time in a row, first time that would happen in franchise history. It would be great for a lot of things. Uh, maybe they can. Again, if they get hot at the right time, maybe they can spoil a little bit. Uh, maybe they don't make the World Series, but maybe we can have some October fun. And for as little baseball as we got this year, it would be great to have more of it for the Brewers. Uh, but, you know, the core of your question, yeah, it'd be disappointing, especially with how many teams are making it. But at the same time, again, I've, I've kind of prepared myself for the inevitability of their eventual ouster, whether it's regular season or sometimes during the, the playoffs, uh, this team just has not looked up until very recently. Uh, it has not looked like the type of team that can win long series against better opponents. But again, that being said, if they get things going, they've got one of the best players in baseball and offense. They've got a hot Ryan Braun. They've got uh, the emergence of some pitching that we didn't necessarily expect coming into the year. Yeah. So all those things working together could prove troublesome for another team in a, especially a short playoff series. You know, I, I had said this a little bit earlier in the year on the podcast, particularly when Adrian Hauser was looking a little more promising than what he has lately, and hopefully he can write the ship. But I don't remember a time when Brewers starting pitching looked as promising going forward as it does now. You talk about Burns, who's just his story is just tremendous, you know, the, the comeback. And uh, Brandon Woodruff, who's certainly not been as dominant this year, but, you know, he's gone through some stuff off the field in a good way, but ways that, you know, can take your focus away from baseball when you become a father again. Uh, and so he hasn't been as good. He's still been really good. And, you know, you talk about a guy maybe for the future like Willie Peralta, uh, Freddie Peralta. I do that every time almost. I can't believe I keep doing that. I don't know if you ever do that. But anyway, Freddie Peralta, who uh, is – I don't want to take him out of the bullpen, but at the same time, I mean, he looks like a future starter for sure. I mean, do you remember a time when, when starting pitching looked this good as far as the future is concerned for the Brewers? Well, and let's not forget how much of that is homegrown starting pitching. Uh, Hauser aside, he obviously came from the Astros system. Yeah. But uh, most of that was, you know, found and developed mostly by the Brewers. Yeah, Peralta too came from Seattle, but they got him when he was 19. So yeah. I'm calling that a, a Brewers win. Yeah. Um, but no, there, there has been really a lot of high ceiling talk, a lot of projectability talk. This group of pitching has really done what was expected to a degree, but also has overachieved in, with certain guys. And they've really put the stamp on this minor league system for years, a, a decade, if not more. All we would hear about when we're talking about the Brewers minor league system is how bad their pitching development is, how they can't bring anybody up from the minors, and the occasional Ben Sheets, Giovanni Gallardo types, which were front of rotation type guys, especially Sheets uh, with the health issues, obviously. But yeah. I mean, Gallardo probably more of a number two on a, on a good team. Um, but those front end of the rotation guys were few and far between. So you'd, for every one of those guys, you'd have five or six that should have contributed that never did, or that flamed out, or that just couldn't cut it at the major league level. You know, any combination of things. So. Yeah, it's been a long time since, and longer than the, the length of time that I've been paying attention to the minor leagues. You had this probably only one other time, and most of that did not do what this group is doing. And I'm talking around the Manny Parra uh, yeah. type era, 
So you had a lot of guys, Jimmy Nelson to a degree, uh, those are different different groups of guys. Uh, but Nelson looked great. It looked like he was about to take that final step into true front-end guy uh, territory. And then he has the freak accidents on the base paths. And, you know, for one reason or another, this stuff, pitching has not worked out very well for the Brewers. So, yeah, no, this has been a great group to watch develop. Uh, and I was actually, while I was waiting for you to call, uh, I was scrolling back through some of my old Twitter stuff, and I found some of my first tweets on <laughs> Devin Williams. I found an old yeah. uh, interview that I did with him uh, for my the, my blog space back when it used to be over on WordPress. Uh, so I was just <laughs> reading through that, and he told us back then that his changeup was his best pitch. So some of that stuff, it's been it's been fun to to realize that yeah, development takes time. But some of this stuff has been coming for a while, and it's great to see so much of it, especially in such a volatile area as in pitching. Uh, so much of it kind of coming to the head and being a force for this team. And, you know, you've got a couple of those veteran-type guys that have done it for a little while. You have David Phelps in the bullpen to begin the season. Brent Suter's been around a little while now. Uh, Brett Anderson in the rotation has been doing his thing for a number of years. So you've got that kind of experience to help these younger guys that are still developing into their major league selves yeah. uh, to really help them round themselves out and, and make the most out of their talent. And you know, that's what you like to see is, is everybody kind of pulling on the same end of the rope to coin the old phrase and really doing good things at the same time uh, and really helping this team win. The, the pitching has carried them more often than not. Huh. And like you said, it, it's been a powerhouse of things. No, it has. And you, you look at that, Devin Williams. I mean, I, I wanted to get your take on this. Uh, you know, we're sitting here, what, uh, two months ago, uh, two and a half, three months, whatever it is. I mean, did you in any way see this coming? What did you, what was your offseason feeling about Devin Williams? I mean, I thought he would contribute because he was okay last year, but this is just uh, on a crazy level that uh, you just, I, no one outside of maybe Devin Williams or the, the Brewer coaches, I think, could have possibly predicted. I didn't necessarily see it for 2020, um, but I've been following Williams. Like I said, I went to his first start in Appleton. Uh, back when he was still starting, uh, I did the interview with him. I've been following him more particularly closely than most of the guys coming up. I've done interviews, you know, over the years with draftees. Uh, but Williams is one of the guys I was most excited about because of the scouting reports at the time that the Brewers drafted him and getting him in the second round and then what those kind of things could have meant. And one of the uh, old questions he actually answered for me uh, back then was about growing up a lifelong St. Louis Cardinals fan and he had said that the Cardinals had the chance to draft him twice and passed on him and maybe that gave him a little edge to help the Cardinals when he got to face the Cardinals yeah and sure enough we've seen him pitch against the Cardinals and he's shutting them down so you know, those kind of things have always been intriguing to see a guy's mindset see how that kind of grows with him and changes and develops uh, so Williams in particular is maybe not the best uh, ask for me because I have been <laughs> sort of paying attention I don't, again I don't know if I would have predicted this quick and this dominant uh, but then, again, I go back and I, I look at some of the conversations I've had with the guys down in Biloxi and, you know, the minor leagues that they were coming through, some of the, the guys that are in the front offices down there. And they were saying, you know, make sure you're paying attention to Devin Williams hmm. and this kid is going to contribute. So, again, maybe not to historical strikeout rate numbers, maybe not to uh, one run and however many innings he's up to now and, and how just ridiculous that changeup has been. Uh, I mean, the guy may may as well be a feature story on uh, pitching ninja every single day. Yeah. But he, he's been he's been amazing, and yeah, the fact that he's doing what he's been able to do and how he's been able to keep it up so consistently this year, 
Um, next season is going to be telling, you know, let yeah. teams get their video, let teams get their, their uh, scouting reports in and see if you can keep it up. But that's going to be, I tell you what, that's going to soften the blow of possibly the Brewers trading Josh Hader at some point. If you've got a guy like Williams ready to take over. Yeah, it certainly is. And obviously that'll be a lot of chatter. Uh, no matter what happens this offseason, it already has been. It will continue to be. Talking with Adam Rigg, the Brewer Nation, at Brewer Nation on Twitter. If you're not following him, I mean, come on. Everybody's following him. So follow if you're not, or go check it out if you haven't in a while. I'll get you out of here on this, Adam. Uh, just kind of, and, and, you know, there'll be more time to do this in the offseason as well. But I just wanted to get your thoughts uh, on your, just looking back at the Brewers offseason now. And obviously, I feel like it's pretty complicated because you're talking about 60 games. And at the end of the day, that you know, if it was a normal season and we'd, we're talking this deep into the season, we'd be talking in May, right? So it's not a ton of sample size. But what are your thoughts on their offseason now that we've seen some of these guys playing? Obviously, we've seen, what, three of them get DFA'd uh, that they brought in. Uh, that was, you know, a bit surprising, I thought, that uh, they moved on this quickly. But they did. And, and you know, some of these other guys... Clearly, not only the guys they brought in, like Narvaez and Avisael Garcia, maybe not to the level of production that you would hope for, but clearly, you know, here in Yelich have not done what you wanted them to do. So, looking back, kind of, what what do you, how do you reflect on that at this point? Well, I think the overall message that I've been telling myself is, for as rough as parts of this roster have looked at times in 2020, uh, at least it's happening in a 60 game season. Because if, if we had to deal with uh, some of this forward play for 162 games, I, I might be pulling my hair out. I'm going grayer than I already am. Uh, I just turned 40 this year, this summer, so I'll, all of a sudden my, all the gray hair decided to attack my temples and the beard. Um, but if I had to deal with this for, for more than the 60 games, uh, some of that would just be maddening. But, no, I mean, certain things worked out, certain things didn't, and I think Stearns took a calculated risk, uh, and I'm going to – bank on bounce back for some of these guys and bank on them returning to more career averages and hope that maybe they give me even a little bit better in the right environment. And fortunately, the environment got totally different and totally weird. Uh, the guys can't even use video during the games this season. Um, you know, they haven't been able to hang out and, and kind of bond the way the Craig Council likes the club wants to do, uh, at least by some reports. So, yeah, I mean, Justin Smoke did okay, started to be terrible. They had the Jet Jerko doing well. They moved on. The Logan Morrison thing, without the expanded rosters in the first place, he might not even make the team out of spring training, uh, even for as well as he was playing in, in the summer camp. So, you know, some of those things, yeah, that seemed somewhat shocking that they moved on, I guess. But at the same time, how bad do they need to be for how long do they need to be that bad? to be able to, to move on. And some of these guys, again, these one-year deals like Brock Holt, right? He was terrible with the Brewers offensively. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes to the Nationals, starts 0 for 10, and then goes, I think, 12 for his next 20. Uh, so yeah. it was just incredible. Um, so, But some of these guys, you know, certain players need uh, consistent playing time. They need to get those at-bats, and that's Washington was able to give him those because uh, he did it the same number of at-bats. I think it was the 30 at-bats that he had with Milwaukee. Those are the first 30 he had with Washington in, like, uh, 12 less games or something like it was something uh, however, however long it was like it was much more uh, at the plate so certain guys you don't have the opportunity to give what they need uh, so yeah you, you try a few things so overall it seems like Stearns made some mistakes or miscalculations I guess is a better uh, word for it in my opinion because yeah. I don't mind him taking those risks I don't mind him 
trying one season on the cheap, seeing what you've got while you're waiting for some of this pitching to maybe finish developing. Uh, last year they went with Woodruff Burns and Peralta all in the rotation. Only Woodruff worked out last year. This year, Woody and Burns are both working out. Maybe Peralta can join him next year. So, you know, he's trying to balance maturation and contention uh, and having meaningful games in September versus it was uh, it was a clear, clear directive, clear as day, that they're trying to save some money this year. Um, I think part of that, uh, and I will, I will die on this hill, um, part of that is <laughs> the same reason they didn't re-sign either Moose or Brandall was because they didn't want anybody going over three years because they were planning on extending Yelich. They didn't know how much that was going to cost them until they had that sign. Yeah. Now that they've got cost certainty there, I think they'll spend a little bit more more money this offseason to shore up some of those spots with more proven commodities. Maybe we don't have to have the same conversation uh, in 2021. Uh, but, you know, all that said, overall picture of the offseason, I'm okay with uh, most of it. Um, but again, you're going to take some risks. These guys were available for a reason, and not everything's going to work out. So, uh, again, if they can come together here at the end, still make the postseason all the better for it, and some of our frustration will be forgotten for sure if uh, they have success in the end. Yeah, especially if they make a little run, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, so yep. we'll see. But uh, it's going to be a fun final uh, week and a half here, and uh, we'll enjoy the ride. As I'm sure you will, too. And uh, we'll check you out on Twitter, as always. Adam, thanks again for the time. All right, Ben. Anytime. Talk to you soon. Great to hear from Adam Riga, the Brewer Nation, and always check out his work at Brewer Nation on Twitter. Like I said, tons of followers, thousands of followers. You're following him. Uh, and if you're not, go check. If you are, if you aren't, go follow him. If you are following him, check out his tweets again. There you go. Uh, so Brewers and Royals start a three-game series at Miller Park tonight. It, obviously, the the eight games following these three-game set are going to be gigantic because the Brewers are playing the Reds for three, then the Cardinals for five. And right now a game separates all three teams in the standings after the Cardinals lost last night. Uh, so Cardinals have lost two in a row. They're now 22 and 24. The Brewers and Reds both have 26 losses, 23 wins for the Brewers, 25 for the Reds. So it's hard to quantify the exact amount of games, but the winning percentages are tight. Uh, they're competing, of course, for both a second playoff spot and a wild card spot. So probably three teams here for two playoff spots is what it amounts to with, for the Brewers, 11 games to go. Uh, the Cardinals have uh, a few more. <laughs> the Reds have one less, uh, two less to play. I think nine games left, if my math is correct there, and who knows. Uh, so it's a little jumbled in that sense, but here we go. Uh, it's going to be a fun sprint to the finish starting tonight at Miller Park. Uh, the Brewers will send Adrian Hauser to the mound, and it was a, a rough outing for him his last time out uh, against... The uh, Chicago Cubs, he allowed uh, four hits and a couple of earned runs, but just went four running, four innings. That's why I say it's a rough outing. Uh, he only went four innings. He walked four and struck out five, got his pitch count up. That was that uh, no-hitter, <laughs> that that big no-hitter that uh, the Brewers suffered at the hands of the, the Cubs. The game got away from them, and then they, of course, didn't get a hit either, and uh, that was no good. So Hauser, you need a little length from him. You know, a little more than that, and uh, he's he's been very mediocre uh, to bad. His ERA is up at 5.40. That's not going to cut it. And, uh, you know, he's going to get a couple of turns in the rotation through this final 11 games, and you're going to need him. You're going to need him to be better. He's 1-5 on the season. So hopefully he can do that, keep the Brewers in the game tonight against Kansas City. Royals have struggled this year. They're not in the playoff picture in the American League. And so a team that you can beat and need to beat. 
so Danny Duffy, a lefty, uh, is on the mound for the Royals tonight. Three and three, his ERA four point two four, and does last time out five and two thirds against Cleveland. Four hits, no earned runs, <laughs> so he was pretty good. Uh, but the previous outing, he allowed six earned runs in six innings, so he's been up and down a little bit. And again, his ERA is four plus. And the Brewers, if if they are indeed hitting the ball a little better, if they're you know that they've scored six runs their last time out, they got shut down by Wainwright. But before that, they scored what eighteen. Uh, you know they they're they're sputtering. They're like the engine sputtering. <laughs> Hopefully, they can get a, a nice. Uh, Sound like you know, Rock Auto would get you. RockAuto.com will get you the sound engine going. I tell you what, I didn't know I was going to go there. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know what's going to come out. I don't of my mouth. I don't know. <laughs> but that's what came out. Uh, so hopefully the Brewers can get a good uh, solid engine rev the last uh, eleven games here. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm basking in the glow of my great analogy there. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> You'll see and hear more of that analysis uh, next week when we're into the stretch. We'll talk about the weekend against the Royals, and we will uh, we'll get into it uh, for a huge week of baseball ahead for the Brewers, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about a series win, at least, against Kansas City. We'll talk about that all on Monday. Be sure to tune in. Dr. Scott will join us next week as well. You can always find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks at Lockdown Brewers, the show handle, and Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers. I look forward to talking to you again Monday when we deliver your daily Brewers fix right here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. 